The Stateside Soccer Show is now covering Ted Lasso. If that's a joke, I love it. If not, I cannot wait to unpack that with you. That's no joke. The Stateside Soccer Show now presents Believe Cast. We aren't talking about faith or ghosts. Do you believe in ghosts, Ted? I do. But more importantly, I think they need to believe in themselves. We are talking Ted Lasso episode recaps. So sit back, get ready for us to discuss all the tea. You know, I always figured that tea was just going to taste like hot brown water. And you know what? I was right. Yeah, it's horrible. Hello and welcome back to Believe Cast Ted Lasso Recaps presented by the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand and with me today is uh, a man who is going to be at the top of this 4-5-1 formation. It's Logan Stump. Yeah, that's right. I'm the only one that needs to be uh, in the front of that formation because I am Logan. I shall call myself Logan. From now. Oh, sorry. I can't, I can't use I. Logan will use Logan from now on to refer to <laughs> Logan. Yeah, it's funny. Like Logan came into the studio today and he positioned the whole like lineup board on what we're going to talk about as just Logan at the top and everything else at the bottom. So I guess we're not going to talk about Ted Lasso today. <laughs> yeah, I, I told my wife, right? We talked about this episode, last episode. I told my wife, uh, you don't need a present. You've got Logan. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Your anniversary's coming up. It is, yeah. It's in June. So I'm just like, you didn't need a present. You Time to try me. that. Yeah. I'm not sure that's going to go well. Jordan, I might be looking for a divorce lawyer uh, at that point. Uh, you'll need to get Rebecca. She got a whole football team out of it. So, uh, that's it. You're going to need to get her lawyer yeah. on the line. We're talking about episode three, four, five, one, directed by Destiny Ikaraga. Ikar Gaha, sorry, uh, written by Bill Rubel, and it aired March 29th, 2023. The synopsis, Richmond adjusts to an exciting change, but Jamie has reservations. Hmm, I wonder if they're at Sam's restaurant. Ted learns there's something new going on back in Kansas as well. So your first thoughts, Logan, on episode three, four, five, one. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. Ted found out how bad Sporting Kansas City is. I mean, that's what's going on, right? <laughs> they held on for a draw against the right. Union. Yeah, right. Uh, no, about I, that tomorrow. I, yeah, no. I mean, man, season three is strong so far. The force is strong in season three um, because these are three of my favorite episodes um, that I've covered as far as Ted Lasso is concerned. So um, this one, I think, this one tops the last one. This one is so good, and there's so many reasons as to why this one's uh, top of the charts. Uh, one of my favorite episodes because of some of the aspects that they kind of intertwine into this. So I'm excited about talking about it. Yeah. I, um, I would say probably like the premiere is lower on my list. I, I would say like two and three have been like, I think the season's been on an upward trajectory, right? I think like if I had to rank them, it'd probably be three, two, one. If we want to get more confusing with what we're saying with numbers, this episode, um, I'd probably rank them three as number one, two as number two, and one as number three, right? Um, My least favorite part of season one is, episode one is just, um, I guess, Rebecca acting so harshly to Ted, it felt kind of so different from what I was expecting. Well, I think these two episodes have been really, really strong, um, really strong episodes. So yeah, we have... um, we get a time skip in this Logan where there's they're scoring goals for fun. Zava is. And some of these goals, by the way, are very classic Zlatan Ibrahimovic goals, powerful headers, some, you know, like, uh, you know, the scorpion kick one, uh, him kicking it from midfield. That's not super like, uh, I would say like like a, a real one per se, but he does do something similar in the Galaxy game when he like first played for the Galaxy against LAFC, like game one. He does something kind of similar. How far out he, he scores a goal. 
So they're pulling these like right from Zlatan's like highlight reels. And we're seeing this team climb up. I think the highest they get is third in this uh, montage, which I thought was really cool. Cause I, you know, I felt like we're getting a lot more soccer action than we have in the past, even though like game, like week one didn't have any, we had a whole game against Chelsea last week. And then we get like three or four games that they show us here of just, um, you know, Zava scoring goals for fun. He's really like the only one scoring. We learned that Jamie hasn't even scored a goal yet in this season. And I want to, I want to read something to you. I found this, like, uh, this prediction online that I thought was really interesting. So when, Zlatan came to the Premier League. He was excellent and then picked up a season-ending injury. So people think maybe that could be something that happens here. Because in Rebecca's, just to skip forward a little bit here, we'll talk more about this, um, the uh, psychic, right? The psychic says that there is a shite in nining armor, right? Which usually you would think a knight in shining armor nining nining what number does jamie tart wear number 12 oh okay (laughs) and people think maybe the shite is him referring to his poopay right and letting it flow through him from the sewer stuff and that he hasn't scored yet, so maybe he will score after Zava going down, and he'll be the shite in nining armor, which I thought was a really fun theory here. This was just on the Ted Lasso subreddit. I, I found somebody saying that. So um, I screenshot it. I was like, I have to bring this up on the show because I thought the psychic was just crazy, but it does seem like, Logan, that may- maybe... <laughs> There's something to that theory. What is your thoughts on the shite and nining armor? I actually love that uh, because I was thinking about this as like, if he continues to play, like they're just going to run through the league. Like uh, that's how I felt like there was, there's, you know, like I thought they would have started out and it would have been like instant, like turmoil. Like he, he, now he can't score or they're he's scoring, but they're losing, but they're not They're They're on a six grade, six game win streak as we leave the episode. I think they said, um, <clears throat> and yeah, no, that, that's brilliant. Cause I was like, how is this all going to play out? Because Jamie's going to have to eventually become the star, right? Like, I feel like that's the way that this season's kind of headed is that finally Jamie takes that that last step in his development. Yeah, we get hints with that, right? When he's talking Mm -hmm. with Roy and Roy's going to train him and he says, I want to be better than Zava, right? So I'm thinking maybe by the end of this show, we have Jamie Tart, you know, outproducing Zava or becoming a bigger star than Zava. I don't know. And maybe he'll fulfill his, you know, uh, potential, um, which in FIFA is very high when I was playing that. He gets pretty high up there scoring goals. But yeah, I just, I just saw that online and really loved that because we're, we're starting to see the the psychic stuff coming true, right? Like, uh, again, so... Let's just recap this part real quick. Rebecca visits her mother psychic who tells her she'll be a mother one day. Um, She gets very angry, calls her a fraud. I don't know if this is because we think that she maybe is not able to have children or uh, because it sounds like, you know, her and um, Rupert maybe had problems and now he has a kid with Bex, you know, so we see a little, um, short scene of that baby by the way uh while rupert's watching richmond on tv and then we have um her also mention about like a green matchbook that is going to mean a lot to her right or the person that gives it to her means a lot to her something like that i don't have the actual line in front of me unfortunately but sam hands her a green matchbook and we know her relationship with Sam in the past. So it, it's one of these things of a few of those are coming true. So we assume the shite denying armor will, and it's all about what that's going to mean. And I guess how Rebecca's going to even pick up on that part becoming true as well. 
But so what what do you think about we've kind of talked about Rebecca and her relationship stuff in in the past, but you know, we didn't recap season 2 yet. When we get there, uh, you know, she has a relationship with Sam. They kind of break it off a bit. Sam is now possibly seeing somebody else it looks like, right? And uh he's really getting like the most he's gotten in this season so far in this episode, Sam. He he's kind of been on the sideline a bit. But um are we expecting Rebecca with Ted? Are are we maybe she becomes a mother because she let let's think outside the box here. I saw some theories of her somehow getting custody of Sassy's kid if something happens there. We know she's close with Sassy's child, right? Um if she does end up with Ted, maybe Ted gets custody of uh Henry and she becomes a mother that way. Or maybe we're talking about the physical way of her actually birthing a child. I don't know. Any thoughts here on the premonition of her becoming a mother? Yeah, it, it's like, so like the whole time you're thinking this psychic's nuts, but then everything starts to happen. You're like, okay, everything she said is right. Um, so you're starting to think there's a point where she says that you end up in like thunder and lightning and you end up wet, but you end up being okay. That almost made me feel like there's like maybe an accident coming or like I was starting to think too. I was going, what, what does that part mean? Because that part's interesting to me. And like you said, I don't see her really becoming a mother to Sam's kid just because that'd be really strange. I think to have to write that into the show. Um, so I don't think that's the case. Maybe it's that one night stand that she had, but <clears throat> again, I, it, I think the timeline's kind of mixed up. Like it's all me- mixed up and stuff. I don't think she and Ted ever had, uh, you know, maybe that's something that, you know, how shows do where they leave like information out and then you kind of learn about a drunken night or something, maybe that, but I'm starting to think you're right. Like maybe, maybe something happens to sassy. Like maybe, you know, maybe there is a car accident. Maybe it is in the rain and, and the storms and the, you know, they end up being in an accident together and sassy. It's a die. Like, I don't know. Like I, I've, I have no idea because I just don't feel like the most obvious is Sam having the kid with Rebecca, but I don't think they ever like, right. Did they ever like, did they ever hook up like sleep together? Who? Sam and Rebecca. They did. Right. Yeah. 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 So I don't, but like the timeline's weird for me. Like, I feel like it'd be that she'd already have been pregnant. You know what I mean? She would have. Yeah. So, so I, I, I think, if we're talking about her being a mother at any point, it's going to come from after this moment in yeah. time is where it would be. Um, I'm trying um, to just find the actual lines that everything happens. But yeah, you said green yeah. matchbook, shite and nining armor, thunder, lightning, and an upside down and drenched Rebecca. Yeah. So, That's yeah, the part what, that threw me. I was like, what does that mean? Yeah, so people have been guessing car accident where Sassy and her are in the car and like yeah. maybe Sassy dies and she becomes a mom that way. That seems dark as hell, by it, the way, for this is. show. I, I understand they've touched stuff like this in the past, but that seems like, I don't know, with the theorizing of like the psychic stuff, I feel like I'm watching like Lost or something right now, not Ted Lasso. Right. I'm kind of curious on what their plan is with this. Is it going to be like goofy things that end up making these things come true? Or are they going to go hard on like this psychic is actually psychic and this stuff happened? And Cause that seems kind of out of left field for a show like this. So I am curious like game of Thrones, you know, everybody's, in Game of Thrones, when when Cersei meets the psychic, yeah, and and we have these plot lines of she's gonna be like she's gonna lose all of her children and stuff, and people are theorizing, oh, what does this mean? Was it? That's what it feels like right now, and I'm kind of curious on. I don't know. It just seems odd that this is the way that they're going with um, Rebecca. It is funny too that she saw another green match book earlier when she was just lighting a candle, right? And then she's like she throws that one like away. She's like, Oh, that one's done. And then she thinks to, Oh, I avoided that. And then we get hit with the green match book by Sam. So 
look, you know me, Logan. I don't really believe in psychics and ghosts and stuff. So I just want to get your thought process. Can somebody be a psychic? And what is your thought on that being a large part, it seems like, of Ted Lasso here? Jordan, you say you don't believe in psychics and ghosts, but I hope they believe in themselves. Um, yeah, <laughs> intro to the show. Right. No, I don't believe in psychics. That's one. That is one. That and tarot cards, I don't believe in them and stuff. Um, I just don't. Like, horoscopes are cool, but, like, I feel like those are more uh, just describing people and kind of the way that we, we kind of exist. Um, and you, you kind of associate with those kind of things because you see that as, like, your signs. You're like, oh, yeah, that's totally me. But I think there's a lot of those that are wrong, too. Um, but no, I don't believe in the whole psychic stuff. Um, I, I, I like that they're kind of playing to this idea because I think Rebecca is just like, you're off your rocker lady, um, because she's very much like that. Um, but I don't know, like, I, I don't really mind it. I don't care much for psychic readings. I know some people really get into it, but it's never anything that I've ever been concerned with. But I think, uh, I think it's interesting that everything that, that she's kind of called on has, uh, come into play here, especially two different matchbooks that are green, which was wild. So, yeah, I, th I think it's really interesting because like I said, I, I was not expecting this in this type of show, but I do like, I, I do kind of like it in the sense of it's giving me stuff to think about, right? Where we've just started talking about this episode, maybe 15 minutes ago. And it's kind of been a majority of this bit here, just talking about the possibilities on what this means going forward for the show and you know what this kind of gives us something for Rebecca to um, think on and give her a little bit more of a plot this season than just about the Rupert stuff, which, which is what I like. Cause it, like I said, I, my big complaint of episode one is that she kind of felt like she took a step backward with Ted and just was so hell bent on beating Rupert. Episode two, she really steps up and gets Zava. And then in this one, we're kind of getting more of her personal uh, storyline, I think, with her just wanting to be happy. We know she wanted a child. Rupert didn't, right? She, they, they end their marriage at some point. And then guess what? He just didn't want a child with her, which I'm pretty sure is something Rupert said, right? Like he, he really dug in when he talks to her and really um, tries to stick it to her. So just kind of curious on where this goes for her. I, I hope Sassy doesn't die in a car accident. I mean, it feels like I feel like that would be out of left field. I'm thinking maybe her upside down drenched is going to be something totally different um, than what people are thinking. I don't know. I, I, I think that maybe it could be. She's going to go swimming in poop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the guy that uh, hands her the towel is her yep. shite and nining arm. <laughs> yep, yep. And it's a new number nine. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, how many number twos does it have to be to be a number nine? <laughs> That's a good point. That's a really good point. But yeah, I, I don't know. I th I'm curious to see on where Rebecca's story goes from here and how long we have to wait to get like... Uh, more hints at this stuff. Like, do you think this stuff is sorted in the next few episodes? Or is this spread out? Like, is this upside down drenched thing happening by mid season? Or is this something that happens at the tail end of the season? What did, what would be your thoughts there? I'm thinking middle of the season. I was going to say, yeah, like, I feel like it'd be too soon to kind of figure it out now. I think like towards six and seven, you'd start to figure some of this stuff out. Um, and then, yeah, I, I mean, there, there's a couple more things that, that she guesses that, that we, we kind of don't have answers to. But I'm, I'm interested to kind of see what happens with Rebecca's storyline. I don't know. Um, yeah, so they have an unprecedented winning streak. Zava's on the team. He's scoring goals for fun. Sam is opening up a restaurant, a Nigerian restaurant called Ola's. And he's going to have a party there um, before it opens to have everybody kind of like test the food, I guess, and, you know, have a party. And uh, this is where we get the Roy and Jamie. They're going to, you know, train together. Roy is somehow 
as a midfielder that's box to box is going to tell Jamie how to become a really good striker. I'm curious to see how that training is going to go. Um, but yeah, Jamie's kind of been distant with the Zava stuff. How, how do you think Ted is handling the Zava stuff, by the way? I've seen some people really criticize him because Zava, some people say, is more stuck up than Jamie in season one. But I would say Zava has been, while he's this big character, he hasn't been doing anything detrimental, right? Like, he focuses on the team, yeah. He like he focuses on himself more than the team. He's, you know, doing his zen stuff while the team is having their meeting and and, and all that kind of stuff. He I like when he just walks into the center so everybody's hands are on him. <laughs> yeah. But he still says Richmond, right? He doesn't say Zava uh for the the chant. But I, so I've seen some people say like Ted wouldn't have allowed this in season one. So he's kind of like asleep at the wheel, but Jamie was like instigating people to beat up Nate. He was not, he wouldn't pass it to teammates. He wouldn't do anything like that. While Zava first person he called for was the kit man, right? Which was interesting. And I like how he kept standing in front of Ted too. Yeah. Like to just like moving around. Yeah, to like, just keep moving. So, your thoughts on how he's handling Zava? Do you think it's unfair? Do you think Jamie, um, he's acting like Jamie, or do you think Ted? I mean, look, they're also winning here too, right? So, I think that's a that's a big part of it too. I mean, I think you look around at all of our sports, and all the really good superstars are somewhat divas. So it's it's you have this diva mentality, but like. But Zava's weird to me because it's like he he they're doing like yoga and they're they're going into Zen and they're all sitting around and like yes they they are all in awe of him because he is this great superstar. But you're right, he's never he doesn't ever say anything that's obnoxious. The only thing that he does is that's some somewhat concerning was when he bunches them all together and he puts himself at the top and he just basically like I don't care where the rest of you are you can go play whatever you know this is why the formation talk is a big thing in this episode but um or the title of the episode but I think no I don't think he's done anything like and, and what is Ted gonna do be like stop scoring goals or like stop being <laughs> weird and, and Ted this Ted's my favorite part is when he goes into the office after he's like after he talks to the team and he and he talks to William, which I think is the best line ever in this episode when he's talking to William and he goes, yeah, where's the kit man? And he's like, I'm right here. And he goes, what's your name? And he's like, Will. And he's and he goes, well, I remember being in your position when I was, you know, a young lad like you, like when I was 11. And William goes, I'm 25. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it, but then he goes in the office and this, this speaks perfectly to, I think, how Ted is approaching this is he goes, oh, shoot, we better go talk to him before he scurries off. He's kind of like a cat. Like, the dude is, like, all over the place. You can't ever find him. And then when you do, he's in Zen, so you can't really talk to him. So, like, he's not doing anything bad. I don't think he's done anything detrimental. I think he does get hurt, uh, now that you've said that. I think he does get hurt when Jamie has to step in. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to kind of see Something we didn't talk about at the beginning is how he makes them wait two hours. (laughs) Oh, yeah. <laughs> at the welcome to Zava press yeah. conference, and he's sitting in Rebecca's office. Yeah. Um, and what did he sign on the contract? I forgot what he signed. He signed like something like "You're welcome." Yeah. And then he, then Higgins goes, "Oh my gosh, you're here!" And uh, and Zava goes, "And you're there." <laughs> and then he puts his head on Higgins' head, and he goes, "You're the glue." And Higgins goes. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Higgins is the clue of the show. But um, yeah, yeah. You know, I love Higgins having to like check, right? He's like, "Um, I got, she's like, you got to sign contract, right? He's like, yeah, I got it e-signed, which is, which is uh, legally binding. And she's like, are you sure? He's like, I'll check. (laughs) He comes back. That's when he comes back. He says, so it is legally binding, but he's, he signed your welcome. Oh yeah, that's what he signed. <laughs> and then she's like, "Great, we're gonna." He if he changes his mind again, right? Blah blah blah. So, uh, no, he he was just, um, you know, I I wouldn't put it past Latan as well, right? Doing this whole like, I'm gonna, 
show up late. Um, it's embarrassing for the team, I'm sure. Like they had all those reporters there, um, but I'm sure they understand what type of guy um, that uh, that Zava is. As maybe that's well. the loophole, though, Jordan. Maybe, maybe because he didn't sign his name, that's how he'll leave. He gets mad at AFC Richmond, just leaves and goes to West Ham. It's just like I'm done. that would be interesting um i are you shocked that we haven't seen a lot of west ham yeah i i was thinking about that this episode because they they do that great montage of 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 different things to kind of catch us up on all the players so like there's this whole scene where like when when zava is scoring all these goals it shows it catches up on what other people have been doing basically um, and it shows Nate. He's sitting at West Ham's like his front or his, his desk office and uh, the manager's uh, office. And he's he's looking at it, going, "Are you kidding me? Like they're blowing up the standings, like they're catching up to us at the top of the table, which is completely unrealistic. West Ham would never be at the top of the table." Um, <laughs> but I, I think, yeah, it, it's it is shocking that we've only because they they've built Nate into this great villain. But you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking we're about four or five episodes in now. Like, we'll be the fourth and fifth episodes coming up. And these are usually when they do kind of like they try to do those filler episodes. I could totally see a whole episode being just Nate. Like, what's going on at West Ham? I think we're getting ready to get one of those episodes. I do wonder if there will actually be any filler this year. Because I think that they actually... Um... Because they're 12 episodes deep, aren't they? So it'll... Yeah. Yeah. Well, last year... So here's why season two had filler, right? They actually ordered 10 episodes. They wrote them all. And then they ordered two additional episodes. So after they'd already wrote them all, um, they did the Christmas one and the beard one to just fit in the middle of stuff that was already happening. So I do wonder... I'm pretty sure this was probably ordered at 12. So they may have been able to actually map it out more this year. Um, So it'll be pretty, it'll be interesting to see how they, how they do that. These episodes have actually also been super long. The first three have been about 45 to 50 minutes, each one or so. Um, 47 minutes, the last two and 43 minutes for episode one. So yeah, they've been kind of long episodes. Uh, so that's been uh, interesting. And then we have, <clears throat> really, I'd say, like, the, the biggest uh, part of the storyline, the thing that the show starts off with, which is focusing on Colin, uh, who's actually going to get benched as part of this 4-5-1, unfortunately. I'm not really sure why he's, like, left midfield. Um, I don't know if Danny and Jamie can really be in the midfield to have Zava up top. So it's kind of odd that they're like, you don't see number nines drop back into the midfield. Like not maybe usually like not, false... not two of them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like it's so strange to me. I'm like, that's really odd that they, that, like that they explain it that way. It's like the only time that they're really not very accurate with soccer term. Cause it's like, you would never see a striker drop back into the midfield. It's not common. Cause that's a yeah. totally different position. I, I would have thought, they may have benched Jamie yeah. to then make him want to get better. Um, but I think Ted was probably trying to avoid dropping Jamie as well. But the big storyline here with Colin, um, we open up the show. He's uh, closeted, right? He is um, dating a man named Michael. And Michael's going to go to Dubai, I think, for yeah. a trip. So he's like, see you when you get back. He gets out in the car. <laughs> when he drives, the theme song starts until he hits the trash cans, and then it stops, and then the theme song starts again. And yep. I love that they did it that way. <laughs> Especially because it was right after Michael had been like, because uh, uh, Colin was like, fly safe, and he goes, you drive safer. And then right when he's pulling out of the parking lot, or like uh, the driveway, he just smashes into the trash cans. And he does his typical you know his his mantra from last year of i am a strong and capable man yep so it's interesting i thought this was um a good move here they they give a little bit of representation this way and they also are covering something that happens in oh yeah uh 
sports. Uh, the players are not comfortable right. usually coming out because it is seen as, you know, a lot of those players are actually really ignorant because they're, you know, all about macho manliness stuff. So you, so it, it's tough for them to do that, but also probably tough, you know, just coming out to, to fans and stuff too, because you're going to get harassed online. You're going to get all this stuff. I don't think any Premier League player has ever come out. We did have um, Robbie Rogers over here in the USA who played for the Galaxy. He was an openly gay soccer player. Um, I think we might have some NFL player, one or two that have come out. But other than that, it's it's usually pretty much under wraps, even after they retire. Um, and they'll have stuff like beards, not coach beard, but, you know, beards where they are, you know, dating somebody as cover, right? And we kind of get a hint at that, right? When Colin introduces Michael to everyone as his friend and Michael says, I'm his wingman. And they're making all these jokes about how it usually goes poorly for Colin, which, okay, my boyfriend was saying that. I'd be like, all right, ease up a bit. (laughs) Yeah, it'd be like, it's so straight. Like, I mean, they they play the part perfectly. Like you, uh, Michael completely throws them off the scent. But also, it does, does. it speaks to to a horrible part of society where, I mean, it's gotten to a point where, I mean, any kind of uh, sign of somebody being gay, I mean, it just it opens up so much uh, on the Twitter, Twitter sphere or whatever you want to call it uh, that just absolutely just it makes it makes it so hard to watch. Like it, like this episode, it's tough because I, I remember my wife and I were sitting there like, man, like this is and I was like, this is what it's like in a locker room. Like and then they even make a gay joke like they're like, oh, well, you know. Uh, and then Colin plays along with it. He's like, uh, or uh, it's the French guy. He's like, I'm gay. And they're like, what? And they kind of look at him like, what? You're gay. And he says, I'm gay for Zava. Yeah. yeah. Right. And yeah. then, yeah, it's, it's that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right. And then you get the, uh, I like Colin's response here. Okay, fine. You convince me I'll have sex with Zava. <laughs> right. That's what I liked about it. I was like, that's perfect that he's played along with it. Um, and he like, yeah, it helps him fly under the radar then, yeah. right? Like he's being truthful. Right? He is. Yeah. But, yeah. But they're taking it as a joke. Right. But yeah, no, that's, I mean, you get the whole montage of like, uh, he's texting his boyfriend, Michael. Um, you've got uh, Sam opening up his restaurant, uh, his Nigerian restaurant. You've got um, Ted like stalking his ex-wife because we find out this episode that Ted's ex-wife is now dating their marriage counselor, which is absolutely nuts. Um, <laughs> Dr. Jacob. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about him real quick. Cause I forgot to do this. Yeah. Did you, for a moment, and I had to think about it for a moment, I thought it was the kid's doctor. All right. Yeah. Cause it wasn't clear. Right. Um, but then I realized you know, at the end, when he shows him the Infinity Gauntlet at the end of the first episode, he says, Mommy's friend, Jake. He doesn't say, like, my doctor, Jake. He wouldn't obviously know who his doctor is. So, obviously, it's not that. But then I, I was starting to think, like, okay, well, what doctor could it be? And I didn't realize it until Ted actually <laughs> said that it was his yeah. marriage counselor. And, you know, what Sassy says, borderline unethical? That's very yeah, unethical. It is That's very... not on border. <laughs> yeah, and I love Sassy's joke. I'm like, wow, they really pushed the envelope on that because he goes, did you ever have that with your clients? And she goes, uh, Ted, I'm a, I'm a child psychologist. And she goes, so only about twice. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, holy crap. Um, but then we get Dr. Sharon on again, which is great. Like Ted's talking. That's when he's talking to Sharon about like, is this normal? Like the guy was supposed to be fixing our marriage, not tearing it apart. And then he goes, my least favorite excuse was the guy was always like, oh, it's time. Our session time's up. He just wanted to get rid of me. And then she goes, yeah, Ted, our time's up. And he goes, yeah, kind of like that. It didn't really have the carry right, that, right. that he does. But she goes, no, really, Ted, our time's up. And she hangs up on it. I was like, this is great. I, I have love a problem. Her. I have a problem with Dr. Sharon. Why? She I doesn't seem this, to be helping. Yeah, she guess, doesn't seem yeah, to be helping guess, at all. Yeah. I was thinking um, too. How long is their session? That by the time he actually says this, it's already time for up. That's what I always think <laughs> is funny true. about TV yeah. shows, <laughs> right? It's like they just started the session because they'll just be getting to their problem, and she's like, "Oh, sorry, time's up." And you're yeah. like, "Whoa, how long was their session? Probably an hour." But 
If it's an hour, Ted, you got to speed it up. You cannot right. save that to the last 15 minutes. I was going to say, this would not have been, this would have been the first thing in the first minute. Yes. This would have been as soon as I would have been coming in hot. I would have right. been like, listen to this, Dr. Sharon. <laughs> You're a doctor. He's a doctor. Same kind. Now, he's still having his anxiety attacks, too. He has it during yep. um, one of these games. I don't know. I, I don't know if Dr. Sharon's actually helping at this point. It seems like both times we've seen her she just wants to hang up so she can like have sex with this guy yeah like, I, I don't guy. i don't know what's going on with her right now yeah i think she's i think it's some west maybe that's rebecca's kid she's gonna adopt this <laughs> i don't know I, she seems different than season two she really like, does like I, i'm not really understanding yeah why they even bothered to bring her back for like two scenes and she's a great actress yeah like, I, don't, I don't get it i don't understand why she's not in it full i, like, I assume she's her. gotta be in it later right like yeah, there's no way so. they can keep getting away with her being in five second scenes where each time she's like yeah. time's up ted i gotta go bang this guy like yeah. you know like that's not what i would have thought dr sharon would be like i think that's a little unethical she's like just trying to speed through this <laughs> speed through the meeting so she can um get with this guy all the time i don't understand but yeah, so uh, that's kind of a big issue she's having. Um, Ted Ted calls home because he can't remember uh, his wife's, ex-wife's, cell phone number. Which is um, funny because he left his cell phone at home due to playing Tetris on the toilet. Um, kind of odd that he would only remember that now, by the way, because I feel like they've been at the stadium for so long. You think he would have been like... At another point, like, I got to find my phone. <laughs> but yeah, he calls home. Um, he wants to wish Henry good luck on his soccer game. And that's when Dr. Jacob answers as Donald Trump. <laughs> and Ted plays along with it for a bit saying, you know, hey, former Mr. President, right? Like, uh, I got a bone to pick with you or whatever. And Mr. then indictment. <laughs> yeah, well, now, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Pretty good impression by Dr. Jacob. By it the was way. really good, yeah. <laughs> I wonder yeah. if they casted him like, we need to find a really good Trump impersonator because right. of this script. Yep. But, yeah, I, that is... When do you think their relationship started? I would assume after the divorce, but what, she just kept meeting with Dr. Jacob and then became romantic? Is that kind of what you think happened here? Or did she, like, always have a thing for him? I mean, uh, grossly enough, I think probably always had like a thing, like as she started to talk to him, which is really bad. I mean, that's where it's unethical. Absolutely. Like th this doctor is using, using a weakness and, and information that he knows about a certain person to kind of infiltrate and then move in uh, basically. So like, uh, this is uh, like, if you were somebody, uh, I would feel like, man, you've exposed everything about my last relationship and you only used it as a weapon against me to then woo me like i'd have felt i'd have felt so skeezy i'd be like no i'm gone like this is not right like you're not right for using this against me yeah that is um i don't like ted's ex-wife anymore like at all well i never liked her i guess yeah i mean she was i think it was fine the way that they kind of portrayed her and then if they had just left it alone like they just did you know they fell out of love kind of thing and left it at that but this makes me this is like villainous like this is this is bad and you can tell that, like, they know something's wrong with the way that they're tiptoeing around it when she's, you know, talking to... Let me call you later. Yeah, I'll call you later and explain that I am now dating our old marriage counselor. <laughs> How do you even tell that to somebody? It, it, it's so weird. It's like dating your real therapist. Like, you're, you're like, not... What, what I mean by real therapist is, like, the one that you're talking to without your, you know, significant other there. Just, uh, wow. Um, I have heard stuff like that before though, where like they actually like, will kind of gaslight the couple to make them think their problems are worse than they are. And it causes a fracture. And then maybe they then swoop in. I don't think that happened here, but like, that's a thing that people have done. And there, there's been times where like, I've read where people have gone to couple therapy and 
it's about one specific issue and the therapist is trying to make it sound like, no, it's more than that. You, you, yeah. you, this, this signifies that you're upset about this thing. And you're like, no, that's not what it is. We're upset about this other thing. And then the couple actually just leaves and works on it themselves, you know, because they're like, you're making it more than it is because you want more sessions. But there's also some ulterior motives, like, I guess, you know, where they want to be with the other person. It's such a weird, weird thing. Um, where do you see the storyline going? Is it that it's so unethical that Ted's able to get custody of Henry? Is that Henry at some point is coming over to England, <laughs> either as a just a quick trip or for something else? I, I don't know, but it is. It, I've seen some people theorizing that you know that, um. Ted's able to use this in a custody battle. I don't know if Ted really goes that type of way, though. I mean, Ted's not usually that type of guy. But I would be pissed. I mean, that that now is really the only thing that makes sense to me as far as the Rebecca thing. Like, it, but it's just so strange to me. Like, I never saw them as a romantic couple, except for that one time when it was the charity event. And, like, that was the only time I ever saw, like, Ted and, and her kind of, like, hit it off that way went back from season one but yeah maybe this is it like maybe either that or like i've seen two where shows will kind of play it off as like you know maybe you don't go to court and get custody but you can have the kid as much as you want because i've done this awful thing kind of thing you know what i mean so maybe yeah maybe this is how henry and and ted end up together um in england and and henry's part of the show more so yeah i could see that i could definitely see that because what I'm thinking is there's – I don't know if Ted goes back to Kansas in, the, in this type of thing, right? right? Maybe it ends Not up where like he yeah. stays in England and he yeah. has Henry. And, you know, Henry becomes a Richmond youth player. Then he grows up and he becomes a legend. What um, a you know, spinoff that's going to be, huh? Yeah, Henry Roy Lasso. coaching. <laughs> Henry Lasso is the next show. Um yeah, I don't know. I think it, it, it's very curious. And then going back to Colin, um, as Trent is leaving the restaurant, he sees Colin and Michael making out. Does this mean it's going in Trent's book? Is he writing? Is he going to break news that there's an, uh, you know, closeted footballer in Richmond? Or is it maybe something that Here's here's something I was thinking they were going to go this way. When Shandy and Keely are talking earlier with Colin and I guess uh, Danny yeah. Isaac, Isaac, yep, they're saying we yep. want to ask you about Zava. Unless yep. if you have something else that can go viral, yep. and the viral storyline, of course, could be Colin coming out. Right, that would be a huge news, and I yep. do think that's probably going to happen in the show at some point. Um, because otherwise they just wanted to ask him about what it's like playing with Zava. I thought that, or I thought maybe, cause the way that Trent looks at him, I was like, maybe they play this as like Trent Krim is also gay. Like, that's what I like for some reason. I don't know why I was like, maybe that's something. Cause I was like, I was like, no, don't make Trent the, the enemy again. Like, don't make him that guy. And like, I felt like for the book purpose, it would be, I think maybe Trent looks at it and goes, yeah, like, I mean, I, I know that there's openly gay, like, obviously, he'd be one that would probably know that there were, that, you know, gay relationships inside of that sphere. But I don't know, maybe that's the case. But um, maybe not. Maybe I'm just speculating. But I thought, I thought that would be an interesting storyline was just like Trent, like, you know, how can we write your story? Basically, what you're saying with Keely and them, but like, it might be a big part you know of what I mean? book. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. If, you know, Trent might not be gay, but I mean, I, I think telling, telling a story like that, I think Trent saw it more as like an opportunity of like, let's tell your story and make sure that it's right. Not like what he probably would have done last year. Yeah. Cause so far, what's the book about, right? right. Um, it's about the Just club coming back up yeah. from, from relegation, but what is that? What's the structure of it? I assume big plot lines would be Zava and that's probably where he's heading right now is I'm writing a lot about Zava and the run that the team is on, but he might be able to add a heart element, right. Of something like Colin coming out. I do hope he approaches him 
and says, hey, like I saw this, I'm not going to put it in my book unless if you're ready to go public about this. Um, kind of, like you said, I don't want Trent to become kind of like a villainous character like season one again, right? Like, I, I you know, I, I want him to be like, because uh, then, it, it, look, I don't think they're going to go that way because if he did like out Colin, then nobody is talking to him in the right. locker room ever right. again. Right. Sorry, not happening. Yeah, I think that's more tell your story. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, yeah. There's no way that can work otherwise. That's going to be great though, watching that actor play that role of like, let's tell your story and like, let's get representation because I think that'll be it. Will be like it's it's a story that we all need. I think in sports um, that we don't that we would probably never get in real life at least nowadays. Uh, maybe you know years later we will, but like. That, you know, I don't. I don't think it's at the forefront right now, but I think it's definitely something that could even help, even though it's fictional. All right. Uh, anything else before we give our player of the week? Um, I think I forgot. Uh, I, I, I think the uh, it's worth mentioning that like Sam seems to be uh, smitten with his. I guess she's a chef. Chef. Yep. Yeah, and uh, also. She's yeah, unnamed too. I think. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's really weird. And then there's like this really strange vibe between, um, like Shandy and all the other players. She kind of has gravitated towards Jamie, so that might become an issue. Um, but then also, Rebecca and Keely have now in the last two episodes had instances where like they see past lovers, and they've kind of had this like moment of like, man, I really miss them. And it's it's usually Keely with Jamie and Roy. And then with Rebecca, it's usually Sam or Rupert. So it's a, it's a very interesting dynamic. So it makes you think like they're going to get back to, you know, I, I think Rebecca, I don't know, it's weird with Sam because I, I think that that's going to be gone, like that relationship. But I think. Yeah, just I the think, age difference. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. Can continue that. But, you know, like you said, Keely kind of like gives a look at Roy first and then she mm-hmm. drifts over to Jamie. And like you said, Shandy's kind of on Jamie. I don't know if they're going to have like a spiff argument, you know, yeah, a tiff, know. not a spiff, you know, a yeah, tiff about weird. maybe Shandy hooks up with Jamie and, and Keely's upset about it. I mean, I, I hope it happens because I think that'll end up making Keely go towards Roy because that's who I want to end up together. Yeah, that's who I want to. So. But I don't know. Maybe that happens. I just love the fact when Roy goes, <laughs> when he's down with Jamie, because he can tell Jamie's just distraught. And he's like, we're going to start training at 430 in the morning. And he goes, OK. Uh, and he goes, or sorry, no, he's like, um, yeah, we're going to train you to become that that great player. And then Jamie goes, OK, when do we start? And he picks up the food and Roy goes, boom, it smacks it out of his hands. He goes, we start now. now. Right. And then uh, the staff, the wait, yeah. the waiters like, really? Yes. Yeah. But you start you're starting to see Roy and Jamie like. Uh, really, like there's that episode last episode when when Jamie sees that Roy because Isaac's like, oh yeah, study body language, and it's like this kinesiology or whatever it is that you study body language, and it's like, oh yeah. So then when Keely wake, walks off, and then Roy splits off and goes into like the boot room, you think Jamie's going after Keely because he's like, oh, this is my opportunity to swoop in, but he goes right and goes into the boot room with Roy, and he's like, Roy, like, did you guys break up? And he goes, how do you know that? How the hell do you know that? And that's what Jamie goes. I studied or uh, science, body science. <laughs> he's body like, what? Science, yeah. <laughs> but then, but you're starting to see Roy and Jamie really start to like connect even more, which is cool. So I'm digging it. Yeah, yeah. I think Jamie's done with um, Being a Keely. Yeah. All right, let's go. Uh, player of the week. I have a tie here. I have Zava for scoring all those goals, but I have Colin. Mm. For just the how much he carries kind of the episode with his plot line. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Uh, I'm going to give honorable mention to Trent Krim. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, I, uh, no, I'm going to give it to Jamie. Um, there's a part in this episode where Jamie goes into Ted's office and he talks about Zava being a self-absorbed player. And Beard goes, Jamie, you know, it, it's, it's kind of ironic that it, this is coming from you because you are the self-absorbed player that we had in the past. And Jamie's like, no, I get that. But like, I, I'm concerned about the dominant, dominant dynamics of the team. And this is when you start to see Jamie even more in our leadership role. And then as he's leaving, he turns to Beard and goes, and I think you meant a hypocrite. Is that, that's what you yeah. meant, not ironic. And Beard goes, 
what? Like, <laughs> and Ted says, is that right? And he <laughs> says, yeah. <laughs> but now Jamie's been right about like a lot of stuff lately. So like it, it's, it is, it's interesting. We're getting a different perspective on Jamie and I love it. So Jamie's that's your, that's your second straight Jamie. I know. I know. I'm obsessed. Love Jamie. Um, okay. Employee of the week. Um, I had, I thought I wrote down mine, but I did not. I copy and pasted my last one, but I guess I'll, I'll go with it. I'll go with my copy and paste it. I think I'm going to go with Rebecca for, um, nothing that she did in particular, but I guess like just that whole, I'm really looking forward to that whole plot line of her future and the psychic and stuff. So, um, I think I'm going to have to go with, with Rebecca here and I, yeah, yeah, I think I'm going to go there. I'm going with your boy, Higgins. Um, this is the episode where when he's trying to get Zava over, he's like, yeah, so my wife knows this masseuse who knows this flight attendant who knows this like yeah. lip reading flight attendant who was working a red eye and saw Zava lip Chelsea. So I think that's where he's going. Um, it's also the episode where, where you get the whole interaction with Higgins and Zava. And then you get Higgins um, getting called to glue, which is a lot of fun. Um, but no, I, I just love uh, Higgins in this episode. I think he's uh, phenomenal. So anytime that he's anytime that he shows up, I wish he had more episodes. Honestly, like, I, I wish he, they gave him a little bit more run. This one seemed like a very Higgins heavy episode at the beginning. So I'm always a fan of that. Alrighty, I, I'll always like Higgins. So I'll agree with a lot of what you said. Um, if you want to give us any feedback for Ted Lasso, specifically Ted Lasso Rewatch at gmail.com, Twitter at Believe underscore cast, Stateside Soccer Show's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Stateside Show, and um, email us Stateside Show at gmail.com. Before we go, let's preview next week's episode, which we have a title and a synopsis for already. Thank you, Apple TV. Everyone's feeling the pressure as Richmond gear up to play West Ham. Ted is reunited with an old friend. Um, it's called Big Week. And its promo picture on the thumbnail is the first picture they released of the season. With Rupert looking at Ted and Nate standing in like an elevator or the hallway or something at West Ham. So... Um, we just talked about not seeing a lot of West Ham. Looks like we're about to get a good helping of that. I assume that's what they mean by Ted visiting an old friend, yeah. Nate. But yeah, so we'll see how that goes. Episode four, big week coming out Wednesday. We'll talk about it next week. It is written by Brett Goldstein, by the way. So should be good. Well, like I said, you can reach us at all those places to email us or give us your feedback, give us your theories on Rebecca's psychic and all that. And thank you all for watching or listening. We'll catch you next time.